What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Forever! I feel like every kind of thriller, crime movie starring a black man, that black man is Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you think about, the, you think about Pelican Brief and uh, the Bone Collector, but at least in this one, like, yeah. Denzel can use his legs, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> right, he got, to, he got to go inside the bank and, like, walk around and do stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like taking a Pelop one, two, three, you know, <laughs> John Travolta. Yeah, I mean, when he has a good, uh, when he has an insane actor to go against, it's it's a lot of fun to watch Denzel cook. Like when he yeah. goes and plays John Travolta and like, um, it's just like, oh, these, <laughs> this is completely insane. <laughs> that, that was me and Denzel. John Travolta's like, I'm taking this to another level. So, I haven't seen Pelham in so long. The only thing I think of, there's that part where he just like gradually walks across the train tracks and the train goes by him. And I keep <laughs> like, it was like such an obvious, like animated. Priceline presents go to your happy price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, this is Tim Heidecker, and I'm glad to be back in Glendale, California, in the studio with my good friends DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger, for another episode of our podcast, Office Hours Live. This week, we had a very special guest, his golden messenger, who played a beautiful tune for us. We laughed, we had fun, and you should tune in to Office Hours Live this week, and quite frankly, every week on your podcast app of choice or at youtube.com slash Live did like train but like he walks calmly it's the crazy i i that's the only thing from the movie i remember yeah he loved i mean yeah he's got all the all the mannerisms down I, the other thing about this about these kinds of movies too that's hard to square with is like you are rooting for like the the cop the detective to like solve things and then also like so I, this movie I, it, it's, it's interesting we'll talk about it but there's something about you know, like <laughs> the fact that we've just been inundated with cops as heroes, you know what yep. I mean? And then you rarely have movies that are like, no, no, no. Like sometimes they're, they're not so great. Um, but it's also Denzel. So. Well, you reflect on Denzel playing the authority figures like in society, but like he'll either be like problematic or conflicted or he'll be like completely corrupt. It's just right. like a very interesting range of the way that he's portrayed police <laughs> enforcement in his career. Yeah. But it's like, I did. I did really like this movie, but also like I wish that there was more crime thrillers with black protagonists that 
you like got to like you you were really rooting for them and they also like were able to make it out like right thinking about like uh um widows right like that movie was dope and then it like kind of fell apart in the third act and you're like oh this became like about something else but yeah. you're like oh yeah this is dope like we got two female black leads right in the film and then if it's just like oh no it's gonna be about colin first and like <laughs> and all this other you know political yeah, do, you, do you guys root for the the criminals usually or the or the cops because i feel like i always kind of want the criminals to get away with it when it's like a robbery or something like that. yeah if it's a movie like this where like where the point is like where I'm going to do a rob. We open with like, I'm going to do a robbery. I'm like, all right, well, I hope they get out of this. <laughs> right. This is who I'm rooting for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it all depends on who the, who the people were seeing doing the robbering. Like, exactly. Are. Like, How much you like, like that. Think of Dark Knight when like the Joker people were like killing each other. I was like, oh yeah, I want to see how this pans out. Cause <laughs> they just, <laughs> it's like you do one step and then you get taken out. It's just like, oh shit. Um, yeah. yeah. High school movies are crazy. I feel like I'm always rooting for them to get out because I, you know, I don't want them to be trapped inside, man. Yeah, I, I recently watched Army of the Dead, and it's like it's a similar feeling where you like the characters, where you're like, oh, I want y'all to live, but like it's a zombie yeah. movie. Okay, no, right, exactly. You don't want them to be trapped inside, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, you know, Army of the Dead, and and just fully going past Bray trying to do this transition into the episode. Let's keep talking no, about I, I, Army no, of the I, Dead. I, I don't, I don't know why you're talking about transition. I just, but I completely relate. I mean, we've been stuck in, inside, man. <laughs> yep, yep. Wow. It's fucking. <laughs> no, I'm saying like you, you want to go see Army of the Dead because we're, we've been in a pandemic and I, I totally feel you. So, I also Brandon, feel like I'm I don't trapped know inside, if man. you uh, know this, but Bray does really bad corny transitions into <laughs> talking about the, the start of the episode. And so we, we've just witnessed that. Four or five times? Or... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start the show. Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Milligan, What more can I say? Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should Payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earnin. Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day and up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. And look, guys, I know you're like me. Sometimes unexpected instances come up where you need a little extra cash. I know for me, we I got two dogs. Every now and then, one of these dogs eats something that they're not supposed to eat. <laughs> they be pooping, a, a, you know, doing yeah, something. And I'm I like, we got to take this dog to the vet. And the vet's like, you got to give me my money. And I'm like, goodness gracious. Well, that's why you got something like earning because you can make earning a part of your financial routine. Enjoy earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earning today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earning app, type in Jump Under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Jump Under Podcast. 
Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earning.com slash TOS for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood, Hollywood City. Would you like some gum? Would you like? That's the quote? Some gum. It's the it's the he, best he even, quote because first of all, he doesn't say it like that. But yes, he does. It's yeah, <laughs> a little bit uh, creepier, <laughs> more uh, sadistic. Would you like some gum? Some gum. Why is it the best quote? Because when we first hear it, we hear Denzel asking it, and we're like, "Why is he asking? Would you like some gum?" And then, like two scenes later, Clive Owen asks him, and you're like, "Oh, that's where." And I don't know. All of the humor in this movie was so like the t- the the tonal shifts, like being like now it's now it's going to be comedic, was so jarring to me every time. Really, I loved it. I I, I loved because it, it brought like some levity to some scenes, like when they're talking to the gentleman in the diner, and Denzel ad libbed that line, like "I bet you can get a cab." Though I remember opening night, like everyone was dying at that line. Like, <laughs> like the humor actually worked. Which is kind of hard for Spike Lee and so oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's oh, really totally. like unbalanced there, but this is like the perfect marriage of like a, an action crime thriller with like a lot of uh, humor interjected. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, for those of you who are perhaps listening to us for the first time, just so you know, um, this voice that you're listening to right now is kind of like the lead voice <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> You know, I'll I'll be breaking it down for you. You know, we'll have some laughs, we'll have some fun, but you'll feel safe and secure. Uh, and that voice is Jonathan Braylock. <laughs> All right, and you may notice Gerard Milligan's voice is not here, uh, but this voice, this voice, you know, that's just trying to. It's this voice that's just trying to have a good time. Just gonna kind of be like like in in this sort of general octave <laughs> for the next two hours. It's James the Third. Um, and we have a special guest on the on the podcast today you may know hold up wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute oh okay you may know him from the podcast he co-hosts Media Popcorn give it up for Brandon Collins everyone yo thank you for having me man this is gonna be fun dude this is gonna be awesome Brandon brought us an incredible movie to discuss today we are going to talk about the 2006 Spike Lee joint yep. Inside Man yes. starring Denzel Washington, Clive Owen, Jodie Foster, mm-hmm. Chiwetel Ejiofor, Christopher Plummer, William Dafoe. I mean, this the movie cast is, is stacked. Stacked, stacked <laughs> cast. So, Daryl Jill Mitchell. <laughs> I got everybody in this. Mm-hmm. I also feel like this movie breaks the thing Jira's like, well, if they have somebody famous, if they have someone that famous, they're they're gonna be like blah blah blah. But Willem Dafoe is pretty famous and he's just the captain. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I read like some trivia where like apparently Spike Lee and Willem Dafoe met in like a bathroom at like uh Julius Caesar when Denzel was on Broadway. And Spike Lee was like, We should work together. And Willem's like, Yeah, we should. And then he sent him the script for inside man. <laughs> that's how that went. Like, he's like, you can play this part. <laughs> but that's Spike Lee, though. Like, I think he he's exactly that's true. You know, achieved that kind of level of respect where if he's like, hey, I would like to work with you on this, you can be like, yeah, like let's let's do yeah, this. Yeah, tomorrow. Just, I literally have a script right want. now. <laughs> right. <laughs> we cast this other actor, but like, whatever. Do you want to do this? 
I feel yeah. like, like every other movie he does is like borderline a classic. So it's like, uh, I, I, as an actor, like I can roll the dice with that. Right. Well, I remember at the time, this was Spike Lee's biggest uh, budget film. It cost $45 million to make. Um, and it also was, I think, his highest grossing film. Uh, and it made $186 million worldwide. 88 million domestic, 97 million international, which is a huge deal. They finally Sorry, did the sequel, right? Like they've been, they had been, I don't oh, think no. he had anything to do with it. But no, no one had anything to do with it. It's, wait, what? <laughs> but isn't it, there, but there is a, a sequel, sequel out? to Inside Man finally, right? But, but it's none of these, it's not, but they've been talking about a sequel since, since 2006 because it did so well. Yeah, I'm surprised it never came to fruition. It's probably because everyone wanted a bigger budget because it was a hit. I mean, a bigger, uh, you know, salary and stuff like that. So, right. The right. sequel is, it's related by name, but it, I don't think it's a, you know, in relation to any of the characters we saw. In this right. Movie. Oh, Inside Man Most Wanted is what it's called. Yeah, it's weird. That's, sounds awful. <laughs> I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't know that, honestly. <laughs> I, be real with you. Like it doesn't exist I, at this point. I would rather not have that information. It came out. Um, in fact, let's strike that from the record. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's on the record. It's on uh, the record. Yeah, I think this is still Spike's uh, biggest gro- box office gross. Even after uh, Black Panther? Wait, what? Black Panther? Uh, no, oh, Black Klansman. Oh, no. Black Klansman only made $93 million. Oh, damn. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't do nearly as well internationally. People wasn't that, trying that to sense. see Black Klansman. Black Klansman yeah, not, 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 not like came that. out and everybody was like, ah. <laughs> and who knows? I mean, and, and then the five, the five Bloods, you know, it's a Netflix film, so it doesn't have a box office. But this uh, movie has uh, an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, 85% audience score. That's probably, I, I feel like the audience score and tomato meter are usually never that close, but this is pretty on point. And I so, think about the right, I think about the, the right yeah. Yeah, rating. But yeah, let's, 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 uh, let's, let's break it down. This film is um, about a bank robbery. Somebody's trying to rob mm-hmm. a bank. Uh, Denzel Washington is the lead detective slash negotiator because uh, it's a hostage situation. Clive Owens, the bank robber. Uh, and then there's some other players. But uh, why don't we do initial thoughts? Brandon, you want to start? Like, what was your... Yeah, I mean, I remember today? seeing this opening night in 2006 and not knowing anything about it. I just knew Denzel's in this dope-looking movie with that Spike Lee director, right? And right. I remember the opening credits with the, the Jachanga Changa song. I was like, mm-hmm. I looked around, like, am I in the right theater? Like, what's, oh no, what's, did I make a mistake? And then they get into it. And from that moment, like, nothing was predictable for me. Like, I was just like enjoying the ride from start to finish. I feel like the movie had like maybe four endings. It felt like Lord of the Rings ish towards the end, but. I still it's Denzel, so like, a lot it's of just, loose ends to tie up. Yeah, <laughs> but the entire movie, I'm just like, man, like Denzel has no business being this this damn good. Like I was, <laughs> and he's playing against like A players, right? Like Chiwetel right. and Willem and Clive Owen and Jody Foster I'm, and Christopher Plummer. I'm like, this is so good. Like this is all the formulas of people that have been in good thrillers before that know what they're doing. And Spike Lee is just on the top of his game in regards to cinematography, the editing the way that he made the story flow, because even with the different interrogation scenes and like the, the multiple endings, it all made sense. It wasn't, there didn't feel like there was a waste of frame. And that's what I really, really liked about this movie. I can go next. I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I definitely saw this movie in theaters. I don't, and I, I think I knew it was about a bank robbery when I went to, to see it. Um, and I, and I knew it was kind of like, 
I knew it was a big deal for Spike because it was like, all right, like I, I remember it was a kind of it, it was talked about like this is this is Spike's biggest budget. Like he's finally making like a mainstream film, you know, um, and and Denzel's going to be in it. And Clive Owen was hot. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but Clive Owen had a moment in the. Oh, yeah. Well, he was an yeah, I remember. I remember everybody <laughs> talking about his brother. Yeah. Like he had a bunch of different. I think Children of Men came out after this. Uh, but like this was one of those this was one of those Clive Owen films where it's like everyone was like oh I remember <laughs> in college like so many uh, girls in my year were like you know if you were like who's the hottest person alive they'd be like Clive Owen um, <laughs> <laughs> have that deep deep voice British um, would you like he, some uh, gum <laughs> would you <laughs> That's not. That's not. Uh, quite, that's him. That's how he's <laughs> quite my <simple>, James. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember being, you know, so enthralled by this. It's like uh, a fun bank robbery movie where you're you're not quite sure what's happening. You know that something's up, and then the way I mean, just rewatching it now definitely holds up. And I just feel like, yes, Denzel is awesome, but Spike really like created this like great i don't know like the directing was amazing yeah he was dope and like it really captures the vibe of new york like i like the humor moments like i liked the like you know supporting cast like the the way that they did the interviews was such a cool device because it allowed like spike to do a little bit of his thing while like breaking the like conventional storytelling so you like you're like okay obviously this gets resolved in some way, but they don't know who did it. And they're, they're questioning all these people. Um, and yeah, it's rare that like you have a movie like this where uh, somebody has like a mastermind plan and that plan feels like it actually makes sense. And it's not like completely up to random chance. You know what I mean? So the writing was really great. Yeah. I feel like everything about this movie is like enjoyable. It's, it's not, there's no, there's no deeper meaning, but you don't need that. This was like such a great, like blockbuster film. And it's, and if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth the watch. It's like, yeah. So that's me. Yeah. I mean, this movie is great. Obviously I can't remember if I saw it in theaters. I don't think I did, but I've seen it so many times. It was great to be able to, to, to go back and watch it again. Cause it had been a while since I had seen it, but there's so many really great moments in it. I think the directing is fantastic. Um, I, I <laughs> like was waiting for, for certain things to happen. Like when, when the guy doesn't have his phone, and I was like, oh, he's, that's right. He's going to call his phone. And it's some, it's some like embarrassing ringtone, <laughs> you know, yes, it's yes. Like, it's like, you know, things throughout, uh, th- things throughout it that like m- moments that I like couldn't wait to see. Like when the, when the guy takes off his mask and then he gets dragged and he's, and he's like grabbing people like the, the, how, how he, how right. he, how he really goes in, goes into that uh, moment is like so funny. And they, I still didn't fully track it, but that, the guy who got dragged, he was one of the. Bank he robbers. was one of the. He bank was robbers. right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so so genius. Yeah, yeah it was. It, was yeah. It, it, it confused me. Like for a second, I was like, "Wait, wait, was he a good?" I, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, <laughs> yeah. And I think this was my first time tracking as I'm as I'm right. watching like how they how they were able to sort of set those things up. And I've I have seen this movie a bunch of times and I'm typically thrown every time. I'm like, wait, who is one of them? You know, like the only <laughs> obvious 
the real the, the most obvious moment for me, even though that one is is super obvious. But the most obvious moment is just the part where they, where the woman, like, where, when they take the gun from her and then and then put her in as if she's a hostage. Right, and they that show mo- they show that they to show you. that right, yeah. <laughs> um, so that you know that's what's happening. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I. I think this movie is is really great. The thing that I think I'm going to harp on this whole time is what did Jodie Foster do though? Because <laughs> because on this great watch question. I was just like, what the hell is her role? And like what? <laughs> she was supposed to be like the the like in between negotiator, right? She's right. she's like, like she's the like, fixer somehow. Like yeah. she's supposed to. She it seems like yeah, her but she job. Didn't fix squat. She didn't fix <laughs> anything, and, but it seemed like her job was to keep everything a secret, right? That was she was like, okay, I just 100%. have to make sure. That it stays a secret. I will. I think this uh, fixed. Um, uh, for me, it was like I never thought that Jodie Foster is like you know one of the like upper echelon attractive actresses. I always thought she was a really good actress. And then this movie, when she had those suits on, I was like, oh okay, okay right, with Julie. the suit. <laughs> well, everyone had suits on. Like I was like, oh, everybody looked good except Clive Owen because he probably stinks to high heaven being in that bunker <laughs> for a few days. Even so, like yeah, the beginning of this movie is him being. It's it's just like Clive Owen directly to camera, like you know, listen, listen to what I say very. Ca- My name is this whatever. I don't remember his name, and he won't tell me it again because <laughs> he never repeats things. Listen very carefully. I've already told you my name. <laughs> he did repeat. Would you like some gum, though? He said that twice. <laughs> what? Oh, I mean. <laughs> he's just but he was playing mind games oh yeah um, i mean he he told denzel straight up he's like i'm gonna walk out this door he's like how are you gonna get out of here and he, he told like, jody foster that too yeah. he's just like i'm gonna walk out of here like it's gonna be no problem i love that he told both of them and they and neither of them were like what what does that mean <laughs> like well i, I think they that all meant, thought that they all yeah. thought that that and it was true for the three other robbers that mm-hmm. you know they all came out of that door yeah. and they couldn't identify it but i think denzel kind of knew that the main guy wasn't there but it was hard for him to it was like how do you prove it because that <laughs> wasn't the biggest target at the end too like the biggest target ended up being christopher Plummer's character when he found out about the safety deposit box and like the history behind that and that's that's where i was like this is dope because it's like the robber like is doing like the shitty stuff like you know terrorizing people and traumatizing them for the most part but then he's also like follow the ring so you can like take down this Nazi, uh, you know, that's the only bit of information we never got was how he knew, but it's like kind of doesn't matter, but it's like how, but we never find out how he knew, right? Right. But, but there was like in the ring holder, there was like, like info, you know, like I guess maybe where the ring box came from or whatever, you know, and like maybe we can just imagine that he, like it started putting together. Oh, some wait of the a pieces. minute! I'm sorry. They do. They do explain it. They do explain it. It's very uh, subtle because also this film is called Inside Man. I can't believe I just realized this. <laughs> this film is called Inside Man, yep. and then I'm like, well, who's the Inside Man? And it's the the Jewish banker who's the rabbi, who's the guy that they're like, hey, Rabbi, you have to listen to, and they he throws him down. But that's the guy who works at the bank, and he must have fit, found out 
about Christopher Plummer and what was in that safety deposit box. Oh, he and was then, the inside man. He was the inside he, he man. Was the, we he see was, him in the car at the end. Yeah, in the car at the end. It's the the inside man. It's all kinds of, it means all kinds of shit. He stayed Whoa. in the bank for a week. It's like, it's levels on top of levels on top of levels with the inside man. Whoa, that just blew my mind. I literally was like, wait, they never explained that. And I realized, oh my God, that they didn't, ex- they didn't like explicitly say it, but that's, that's the answer. It's there. But he's, it's right there. he's the inside man. He's that's the great. inside man. He, that's how he. Fi- that's how he found out. Wow. We cracked the code. Wow. Is Clive Owen supposed to be Jewish in this movie? <laughs> uh, uh, his last name is Russell, but that doesn't mean anything. Right, yeah. I'm gonna go with maybe. <laughs> yeah, I feel like <laughs> maybe. Go, yeah. I feel like maybe, maybe. is the is the answer because <laughs> he had some pretty hefty righteous indignation about. I mean, like it's a pretty bad thing, yeah. obviously, <laughs> to like get all this blood money from Nazis, but it's like, he's like, no, I can't live with this on my conscience. It's like, dude, you... Christopher Plummer also is very blatant about like, yeah, I had these really close friends and then I turned them over to the Nazis and I stole yeah. their fortune, but you know what? It, you know, I'm a better person now. I open a bank. It's like, what? That's I know. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it's so... <laughs> how complicated it is, like him holding on to all of this stuff. Like, he's like... <laughs> He now, kept all of their jewels, right? He kept their personal belongings, and he kept whatever paraphernalia connected him directly to the Nazis, and he put it all in one safety deposit. Yo, family doesn't—he doesn't give a fuck. Christopher Plummer's character—he doesn't care about family. He doesn't care about people's safety. That's why, if y'all peep this, you pay close attention, you realize that this is a prequel to Knives Out. He just went from bacon to to books. Yes. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) I had seen it before. Think about it. Stay woke. We got hot takes, everyone. Uh, (laughs) No, but yeah, this, the beginning of this was fun. We like, we, yeah, because we, we see the, I love the pacing of this movie because first we see Clive Owen. And we see him for a while because we see this whole the bank robbery start before we see Denzel, right? Yeah, yeah. which is so crazy because no one noticed that Clavo was just walking into this bank and putting. I mean, lights. here's the thing. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. In New York, it's like you notice it, but you kind of are just like, I don't know. What am I going to do? Am I going to say something? No, I'm not going to say. It. I might clock you, but I'm not going to say anything until you start doing something weird, like. The security guard like sees him come in with the paint and he could have been like walked over to somebody else and been like, is there a paint schedule today? Well, who's this guy? But like, he was like, well, he's not hurting anybody. You know what I mean? Coming in with yeah. some flashlights. And then, but then when all the other painters came in, he's like, oh, what's going on? And then by that time it was too late. But, but yeah, the it's, it, it's such an interesting, the um, infrared light bulbs taking out the, yeah. cameras and if you and if you walk in like you belong there you know if you if oh, yeah. you then then Dude. nine times out of ten you are not gonna get stopped like <laughs> it takes it takes so much for people to like stop you yeah i mean i I've, I've definitely done that where i've like walked into buildings with security guards um and even been like hello and then just like keep walking like if you look if you look at that if you look like you don't know what you're doing they will definitely stop you yeah uh if you just confidently walk to the elevator <laughs> they're like i don't know i guess he knows uh, where i guess going. he knows where he belongs here like even at the end when he when he's leaving there's that woman that passes him on the stairs and it's just like i know i 
don't know this guy. Uh, who is he? Why Why is he in here? Ah, uh, whatever. And then she just keeps walking. You know what I mean? Like, it's just all he had to do was walk like he belonged there, which 100%. is wild. Yeah, I mean, this this movie was, uh, it, it played like a lot of different, uh, it was like, it wasn't unfamiliar. Like, there's a lot of like things that Spike Lee puts in, like, you know, techniques and, and storytelling that he's done right. in previous movies. But it just felt, and it still feels pretty fresh compared to like even his filmography after Inside Man. Oh, yes. I think for me, what impressed me the most, especially when I first saw it, was this came right after She Hate Me. And I don't know if either one of you saw She Hate Me. No, <laughs> I didn't see it. But it was Cuckoo Bananas, even though like <laughs> it introduced me to the wonders that is Kerry Washington. But I was just really like, Spike, what were you on when you did this, bro? And then so when I was telling people about Inside Man, they're like, are you sure? Like, didn't he just have this really bad bomb? I was like, it's going to be fine. Denzel's in it. Oh, and interesting. Right. Yeah. When did Isn't she hate Anthony me Mackie in that too? Anthony Mackie is in that. Because he, yep. he has got, he, uh, he's huh. had some interview where he was like, where he, he was like, I've been in two Spike Lee movies and they're the ones you haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> well, remember, she, Carrie Washington was in Save the Last Dance too. She was, yes. She was. She was the sister. Yeah, but no, this movie still has some really awesome shots. I mean, yeah. like, I think we can jump around because we've already ruined the movie. Um, yeah, but... yeah. Spoiler, <laughs> <laughs> <Horrible>, everybody. <laughs> uh, you got to know that. Uh, uh, you don't have to. You could be listening to the first time, like we said, and then we didn't tell you that th- this is a spoiler podcast. We talk about everything. Uh, but I, I, But even watching it again, I was like, I was like, nah, this is still, it's fun to figure out the information as it goes. But he has some classic shot. He had the, well, I don't, I mean, it is a Spike Lee shot, but it, it worked really well, the positioning of it when like the guy gets shot. And that's, uh, yeah, what's that yeah. called? It's not, it's a tracking shot, right? Tracking or shot. Right? Yeah. That's what I want to call it, okay. but I'm like, is that what it is? <laughs> but there's something else that's happening too. Yeah, it's like tracking as well as, I mean, and like the footage around them is being sped up. Yeah. yeah um that was that, great my, my was mom great. was like then, that's in every spot i i i at the time when i saw this my mom was like that's in every spike lee movie and i however many i had seen at the time didn't have the understanding that that was something that i would see in every spike lee movie and i was like oh shit okay like like that was <laughs> when i learned that that was in every spike lee movie was, right was yeah this. it's like signature shot but it worked really well for that moment it makes a lot of it made a lot of sense cinematically and also the i feel like the shot that was newer and to me one of the most impressive shots was was that guy being dragged out you know from uh you know when he like has his mask off and then he gets dragged out yeah like that was, yeah I, I also I, wasn't clive owen hiding in there as well was he the or did he just come in and start dragging the guy out i think he just came in and dragged the dude okay because he he did that um i mean he, he didn't drag him but like the guy with the cell phone I right. love that shot because, you know, you, you see him go through the bag, going off the cell phones. And then he's like, he finds the dude's phone. He's just like, it's okay. It's okay. And he goes to the office by himself. And you see him through the window where he's like <laughs> talking to himself and like working it out. Right. And he just comes in and beats the shit out. Like, <laughs> Dude, that's, for me, that's dark humor. Like, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it comes right after the guy's cell phone is gold digger. Like that was so like that whole sequence was hilarious, but it's also like, 
we know this dude's about to get actually beat up. So it's like, there is a lot of darkness to it, but he, we see him, we see his full body language. Like he's gesturing and he's like, can he's like try, he's really trying to work through it. Like physically. Right. Also, I love, I, I, I loved even before, like <laughs> that first cop when somebody's walking by, they're like, Hey, uh, officer, I don't know. There's like smoke coming out of there. And like, the guy like walks over and then he has a gun stuck in his face, you know? Um, and then like later on we see him and he's like, you know, using racial slurs. And <laughs> I was like, Hey, mind just not using this colorful language. And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd rather be a bigot than like, you know, get shot. And you're like, that yeah, doesn't make it. any sense. When- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but Spike Lee, Jonathan, Spike Lee redeemed him by he, him saying that thing about like, you never know who's listening or whatever. And that's what Denzel's like. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, he did also, apo- he did also apologize. He was like, Oh, sorry for, sorry for that. Uh, but I just thought it was so funny because like there were a hundred percent cops who saw this movie when that guy was like, I'd rather be a bigot than get shot. They were like, exactly. And I was like, yeah, but you're you did get shot and you were a bigot. So what do you mean? <laughs> like you in got, this story you're telling, you got shot. <laughs> you got shot because you were a bigot. <laughs> it's, it's like what? It's not you being a bigot didn't prevent you from getting shot. <laughs> you know, everybody got their own version of revisionist history. You know, what I mean, everybody. You know, um, but I loved all those like New Yorker moments. Like I loved them. Like I loved them. Like they hearing the the. Uh, the this radio and trying to figure out the the language of who's talking and yeah, that was great. <laughs> Does anyone know what the language is? He's like, yeah, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, it's Albanian. Nah, it's Albanian. All right, come come here. Okay, okay. Well, so what's he say? He's like, I don't he's know. Like, what, he's I don't like, know. You, speak you told me you speak Albanian. I didn't tell you I spoke Albanian. You also said you speak. I didn't say I speak Albanian. I said I know it's Albanian. That Italian dude, I think, has been in every Spike Lee movie, by the way. Oh really? oh, really? Except for Black Klansman. I think he's been in every one because that dude has like such a unique New York Italian flavor. Like he was in um, 25th Hour. He was in She Hate Me. Obviously, this movie, he's been in a bunch of Spike Lee movies. Well, th- what was great about So I wonder if if this is connected to something, but there's the when he's like, I don't speak it. And they're like, OK, fine. Just wait over here. He goes, ah, not again. <laughs> not again <laughs> when did this happen to you before? that was a great lie because it's like wait what and then they just kept it moving and you're like okay this uh and then like kid and then like they forced him to call his ex yeah. <laughs> she comes in with all these parking when tickets she, oh that was so great parking tickets you can fix them <laughs> and then she hears it and and knows what it is and and bef- but before she says anything she's like the parking tickets though yep. <laughs> like she she knows she's about to give them not good information <laughs> uh but you took parking care of my tickets so all right yeah they're done all right cool yeah that's the president y'all got food <laughs> <laughs> upon listening to it again i can't remember if i i can't remember if i was fooled the first time watching it but i Rewatching this movie, I was like, it's so clearly like a, a speaker. Like, it's so clearly like a radio broadcast. Like, it's the way that it sounds. It's like, that's not somebody. That sounds like the radio, you know. Um, I imagine the pressure, though, like when you're trying, like, you know, it's, it's this all takes place yeah, in a no. day, except for like the endings and stuff. So you're like under the pressure of like, we need to try to save these people that are inside with these bank robbers. So 
they, they're probably not thinking like this sounds a little bit like a speech given even though all those people are in the truck listening to it. It's also it's also distorted too. Like it's not coming in clearly. Right. Like there's there's static that kind of interrupts it. He's playing off an iPod, you know you what know, I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as much as we love them, the, the sound quality still wasn't great yet. Yeah. Right. Uh, there was another. Oh, when they're trying to figure out the uh, the riddle that he like gave them, like that that whole conversation between all those different cops was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Like Will Defoe afterwards was still like yeah, the train goes. The Metro North goes through. Yeah, right. <laughs> Still trying to figure out the <laughs> He's like, nah, he's wrong. He's wrong. He's like, nah, it doesn't make... No, because no, 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 no. He didn't say stop at... He said go through. So technically, it's still coming through. So it's not Nothing the same. Nothing passes through. Everything stops. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing passes through. And Denzel... <laughs> yeah, Metro exactly. North <laughs> passes through. It's like, the. it's literally... He already gave us more time. What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, I love when Denzel called though the first time, and he's like, "Hold on," and then he hung up. And then was like, "It weighs nothing," you know, the the same with something. And then Denzel's like, "Okay," and then he calls back, and Clavo was just like, "Yeah," <laughs> like he's, he, he was gonna care. say yes no matter what. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't care <laughs> if he said if he said the train, if he said the paper. They would have been like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." All right, you got two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I love the robbers plan where they were just cycling in and out with the people that they had dressed so smart. Them because they were also like, they would have these little interactions with each of them where it'd be like, Oh yeah, he wasn't in on it because they were yelling at him. Like, uh, you know, as 100%. A yeah. yeah. And moving them around. He, they completely disoriented putting masks and, and stuff on them, like traumatizing them, completely disorienting them and making it. So it was, it was, it really would have been impossible for anybody to get like an actual ID because it was like, I don't remember. I didn't remember every single person in the bank and they kind of knew that even though they, it would never was really talked about. It's like, yeah, it makes sense that somebody at the bank would be in on this, you know? So it's like, just because you worked at the bank doesn't mean anything either. You know? Yeah. That was that plan in and of itself was awesome. It's like the only person who you could rule out was the kid. (laughs) And his dad. Yeah, who they didn't give. He did. They didn't have anything for. They didn't have a jumpsuit for him. You know, they didn't even have anything. Right. For the, the kids just walking around like in his eating pizza in a safe and shit, surrounded by money. <laughs> played a video. Yeah. Game. Wait, this kid's like this kid dude, scene this kid in the safe fine. was great. I loved that scene so much. The that video, video game, kill that nigga is is one of. The, the game says, kill that nigga. And then Clive Owens like, I'm going to talk to your dad about this game. <laughs> like, imagine a big robber. It was like, sit down with you. He was like, yes. hey, you can't let your son play this game. That was when Grand, Grand Theft Auto was super popular. And people were like, dude, what? <laughs> this game where you steal cars and beat hookers. Also, like, though, the re- the amount of respect this little boy had for the robber. Like, it was too much. <laughs> So you getting the money, son. <laughs> you trying to get paid too? Put his arms all out. <laughs> uh, it was real. Yeah, though. Oh my God. Actually, I wonder if the sequel is that kid. Oh shit. You know what I mean? Like, what if it's the kid character just older? I can see. And he's and but later. what is he? Is he a robber or is he, is you know, he he's a police a robber, officer? You know, he's, they made him a robber. He's a young black man in America. <laughs> Honestly, I would watch that. I would I would watch if funny. if you if you told me right now that Inside Man Most Wanted was about that kid grown up and he's now the robber. I would watch it. <laughs> I was a bit disappointed that there was no black people in the crew. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's like, 
It's That's like they true. All, they all got tra- traumatized, some of them. And then also, like, you know, you know what happens to black and brown people if they're late for work? They get fired. So, like, imagine being caught up in a bank for a day and a half or so. Some of them people lost their jobs because of this robbery. And right. Money like that's not right. But is that why? Like I was trying to, I was racking my brain as to why they would separate the the kid from his from his dad. And like, was that to throw people off and think that maybe you know what I mean? Like maybe there was a black man on the crew because sometimes we saw him with a kid and sometimes we did. You know you know what I mean? Like right. what what even was the point of bringing the kid into the safe? I mean, I think that makes sense because that's why they're interrogating. Like, even though, like, you know, they're just talking to the kid, but they are like asking the dad like a lot of questions too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think it was the, it was so yeah, just separate so that that kid was so that you couldn't also rule out the dad. Right, you know? right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and also it was like, like this kid doesn't need to be a part of these scare tactics because we don't need him disoriented. Right, yeah, we don't need to. This will tr- literally traumatize this kid. <laughs> Even though he was like he was good to go, like when they, they were going around taking a lot of trance, he's like Mister, and he holds out his like PlayStation Vista, or whatever that was, and he's like, uh, "Keep it, kid." Nah, keep I'm like, it, "Okay." Well, like, everyone would be like, "Well, he could beat down Peter Hammond, dude." That was amazing. Also, that guy, such a good actor, both the actor and the character. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. like crying, like I left it at home. He's like, okay. And then he starts taking out the cell phones. And I, I already knew this, obviously, but like I was watching with Tessa and she was like, what is he doing? And I was like, he's looking through the contacts. And she was like, for what? And then literally as she said, for what? He like has a cell phone and it, it goes down to like P. Hammond. Yep. And I looked at her and she was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that, that part is, I love, and then I love that he goes, is anyone else, anyone else in here think they're smarter than me? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I love too about the dialogue. Like we, we talked a little bit about the script, but like the scene when Jodie Foster uh, and Denzel are talking after she kind of tries to convince Clive Owen to turn, you know, turn himself over and stuff. And when they come right. across him, he's like, he's smart, isn't he? She's like, he thinks he's smart. It's like, yeah, right. that, but that's the thing. You speak the same language. I love that scene because this is two A caliber actors going head to head. It's like right. they're kind of on the same team, but not really because she doesn't really respect his position. So I was just like, man, I love the dynamics of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. So yeah, what did what did you guys think of the Jodie Foster storyline? Because it was like she is Clith's fixer. She's eventually we learn about to sell up some house to Bin Laden's nephew or something. Bin Laden's nephew, which is like, wait, what is your job title? Like, what? <laughs> I was very confused by that too. I was like, is she a realtor? Or is she negotiating for everybody? Because in reality, she didn't really fix this. Like, Clive Owen got away she with fix. She didn't fix squat. Yeah. She didn't do, she didn't fulfill any anything. She screwed the mayor. She screwed Christopher Plummer's character. She screwed herself. Like, and she tried to screw Denzel and Denzel still screwed her. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it was sort of like taking this job. It it was, it's it's sort of on her. Like, like she has this rule of like, you got to tell me what I'm doing, you know? And if I find out that it's something else, then it's a problem for you. And like, she lit, she allowed to be like, okay, if the point of it is for it to stay a secret, then fine, I'll still do it. But when she was in the bank, I feel like when she was in the bank and Clive Owen was like, 
yeah, this dude's a freaking Nazi. She was like, oh, fuck. Like, I feel like <laughs> internally she was like, why did I do this? Right. <laughs> Are they trying to say that that's why she like kind of did the, the wheel turn she did at the end? Because remember when she's first talking to Christopher Plummer, isn't she like, if I find out that like actually you're, you know, there's like nuclear codes or whatever, then right. like negotiate this, like this deal is off or whatever. I think maybe what she said, it won't out, hurt she, anyone else. It yeah. won't hurt anyone else. Just me. And she was like, okay, I think she still agreed to it. And then when, even when she found out, she went back to him and, and like confronted him and said like, and told her, told him what she knew. Yeah. And then he was like, can I rely on you to keep a secret? He's like, yeah. And I also took care of the cops. So we're fine. And she took a paycheck. Well, yeah, that's what <laughs> I was going to say. I think that paycheck was probably like three times her rate to just pay her off and like tell her like, right. hey, I get that like you found out. So right. shut up with this two something million. But then the cop found out anyway, and they couldn't do anything to Denzel because Denzel had first blackmail class. on them. And first class. So I'm making first Ooh. class. Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. Dude, this I do love tight. that scene. I do love this the first scene with Jodie Foster and the mayor when when <laughs> when she goes to him and and they're just like, oh hey, like how are you? Like, oh my God, how are your kids? Blah, 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 blah. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> yeah, after the door closed. <laughs> I love that. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, thinking about this benefit for the door closes with what do you want? <laughs> but I mean everyone treated Jodie Foster like that. And that's why I was like, oh, this is just their this is what her character is like kind of known for is being like that thorn on your side, right? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, when she shows up, you're like, something horrible is going on, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. She has she has dirt on other people, clearly. Yeah. Everyone had an angle, and that's also like kind of like the play on Inside Man. Everyone like had their own, you know, objectives and motives for like how they want this band out. Because remember, Denzel has the whole investigation over his head, like with the, the right. cast check in place. And so everyone's trying to use that as blackmail, but he like personally knows he didn't do it. So he's like, y'all can keep throwing this at me, but I didn't do anything. So let's just keep yeah. moving on that one. Right. Yeah. But that's also Denzel's flag, just oozing to the, the screen. His, he, it, he, I mean, he also looked great too. He was like in really good shape. He had the shaved head. Like Denzel was just like, this was like prime Denzel. Yeah, but, honestly. This, yeah. Yeah. This was a really good time for Denzel. Yeah, because he did flight afterwards and then, you know, started looking a little frumpy. And I was like, Denzel, but I know the role calls for it, but no. <laughs> what are you doing? But it's okay. He's a, he's an older man now. Yeah, he's a distinguished yeah. gentleman now. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, Chiwetel didn't have a lot to do, but still was really fun as the partner, you know. Oh, I think absolutely. this is the first movie I noticed him uh, because, like you said, this is before Ch- uh, Children of Men, right? So I think that this is mm-hmm. the yep. this is a movie where I'm like, oh, I kind of like this guy because initially I also was thinking like Don Cheeto could have been in that role because I know mm-hmm. Don Cheeto and Denzel have really good chemistry. But I was like, oh, I had this this new dude Chiwetel, and I heard about him with Kinky Boots and stuff. And then, right. um, and where did when did Four Brothers come out? That came out the year before. Jesus, <laughs> he was the bad. He was the bad guy in the uh, Four Brothers. Johnson. When did home. Love Actually come out? Because that's what I'd known from. That's true. That came <laughs> oh, out. I right. think. I think even earlier than that. I think. Love but I actually didn't. Was... I don't. I didn't clock him in in Love Actually though. We weren't supposed to. He wasn't supposed. No, to be... I mean. <laughs> he was just getting, you know, cuckled. No. <laughs> that's the sequel, Jonathan. That's the sequel. <laughs> Love Actually, but cheating. Yes, uh, <laughs> with uh, with uh, with Rick from uh, Walking Dead. Yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> took me so long to know that that was the same person. I was like, yeah. Wait, well, yeah, it's so weird. Andrew Lincoln literally did like two movies that people saw and then he was just in Walking Dead. So that's all people know him for. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's kinda, no wonder he, he wanted to leave. I'm sure he was like, God damn it, like I'm an actor, but everyone just keeps talking to me about zombies. <laughs> nah, he, I mean, Come he on. got to do some shit on Walking Dead, though. I he know, that was some, a great I role. Mean, he, <laughs> he bit, didn't he bite off a dude's neck? He was like about to, you know, sexually I know, he did a lot of oh, things. He, he killed his best friend. <laughs> Listen, I, I, season seven, I was like, I can't. Oh yeah, because at the end he's covered in blood. He's like, "This is a this isn't a democracy anymore." I was like, "Oh goddamn!" <laughs> when that yeah, it went off the rails for me. When when did it go off the rails for you? I mean, it. I wanted to stop watching after season three, and then I started watching it again. And then what? season yeah, three, season three the, was good. The, go, the governor was... and shit. I was like, "This is too much." <laughs> This is too. That's the best. That's when it started. Get, the first season was good, but it was short. The second need, season was like, ugh, it, really it, slow it, it, it got stuck on that farm. It was yeah. boring. Yeah. Then season three is when it started getting good. Oh, the farm was season great. Seven, right? The prison was season three, right? With the governor and everything. The prison yeah. is season yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. that's when it, that's when it got too much because it got so like, um, come on, it got so. I don't know. It just got so it got it got way more like psychological, like the people, Dang. like what's going on with the people. Michonne was great. I mean, I was I was it was great to see her, but because you love Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, I can't take this up. <laughs> I just I, I'm sorry. I know this is your show. I, I just, will never say that Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is good. I, I understand <laughs> when things are good. <laughs> I understand when things are good and I understand when I like them. There's a difference. <laughs> All right. This yeah. is okay. Yeah, I did this have is, to, we digress. I, it was once uh once my boy Steve Young died, I I I did start to go, okay. Yeah, I, I can't take I, I can't take this anymore. And then I if you're just gonna if you're just gonna just keep killing all the people that I care about, I'm not gonna care about new people. I'm just gonna stop yep. watching the show because they're all dead and I don't care anymore. <laughs> like you can't replace the entire cast with other people. Then at, at a certain point it's like, well, what do I what what is this for? It's just an endless wrath, just just people just dying and dying. And also with Come Game on. of Thrones, it's like I've already been through this. I don't need to. Like, I don't need yeah, to. Right, that's so real. My trauma. That's another thing about Game of Thrones that was hard. It, 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 I mean, like outside of it, it being Russian and the the books not being finished, it was like at a certain point, it was like, well, then everybody you care about is dead, and you're like, well, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like once they all die, it starts the. It's like you can try to replace them, but I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, I think the whole main crew is is dead now, right? Everybody, like, f- from the first season. No, yeah, Daryl's still, except Daryl's still except there. Technically Rick, right? And Daryl. Oh, right, oh, Daryl. Sorry, that's right, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Daryl's Darryl. Darryl's still there. And then maybe maybe one more person? Rick. It doesn't that's it. Rick is, Rick is still there? I thought he was. I, I thought, thought he Rick, left. I thought Rick died. <laughs> he's, not, he's not dead because they're making movies. He just left. Rick got it, yeah. got it, got it. I can't with this. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, man. All right. Um, well, man. Oh, man, so many people died. <laughs> so many people died in season three. <laughs> yeah, I actually appreciated that about Inside Man, though. Except for the dude that they had to fake out with the death, there was there was really no. I mean, There's there was no violence, death. but there was like no death. Like, and I'm yeah. so glad there was no death towards black people because I don't know if y'all watched the Underground Railroad, but I've been watching that for the past week and a half. And I was just like, I don't need to see black suffering anymore. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm so relieved to like watch this movie and not be on edge about what's going to happen to the black people in this movie. And that, but that was another thing that made you want to root for Clive Owen because you were like, 
before you even know that like the dude was a Nazi and that's what he's trying, he's trying to steal his money, you know, the money that he, the, his blood money, he's trying to steal that, the, the diamonds, I guess, because he's so like, he's nice to the kid and he, and you know, and they only beat up the guy who tried to, <laughs> to hide his phone and he told him not to hide didn't, his phone. Didn't shoot him even though he said he was going to kill him. Yeah, he said he was going to kill him. He said, he said, if you don't give me your phone, I will kill you, you know, and he didn't do it, you know. And so because he was more empty threats in terms of killing people, when he shoots the squib, you know, the fake whatever he is that he, that he it's shoots, intense. <laughs> I, it's intense, but also you're you're like, he wouldn't do that to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as an audience member, you're watching this going, Clive Owen wouldn't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, but see, I thought it made it more believable because it was like, oh, shoot, he is here. Like, Denzel misplayed his hand. He 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 called mm-hmm. a bluff and then and then he got somebody killed. But now nah, that dude had another bluff up his sleeve, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Denzel's like banging against the window. like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I think it was incredible that he planned so far ahead to go at some point I'm going to have to fake kill somebody because if I don't, they won't believe me. Yep. (laughs) And so let me go do that. Um, Yeah. And, but he also knew he says that he knows that you can't breach unless I, unless I kill someone, you know, they don't authorize breaches unless a hostage has been has been That's killed. Right. So like he he had that up his sleeve, probably just <laughs> so that there could be some that kind they of would chaos. Breach. Yeah, right. that which is like what was he planning on doing then, you know? Well, because he was listening to the radio, remember like the, the bug that they had, and that's when he knew they were going to do the breach. Right, and so then right, right. in the position, like he probably had a bunch of different alternative plans depending on how things panned out. I think that's why he admired Denzel's character because like, Oh, you're actually a person that kind of can figure this out. Yeah. So I'm going to throw you a few bones and then also uh, slip you a diamond at the end. So you can uh, <laughs> take care of you. <laughs> can't believe he slipped that dude a diamond. I have a question so about the diamond. Cause I was watching this with my wife yesterday. She was like, he's going to just give that to his girlfriend, right? As a ring. He's not going to try to cash it. I was like, that's right. the logical thing to do because if you know that people are possibly looking for these diamonds, it just makes sense to put it on the ring and just give that to hundred percent. 100%. Yeah. And then eventually yeah. he, he could say like, oh. And that's why he gave problem. it to him. Yeah. Yeah. He gave it to him for his girlfriend. Now that, I, that was one of my favorite lines in the movie where he's like, uh, are you going to marry her? What, you're too old? No, nah, it's just too broke. Do you love her? <laughs> yeah. Money doesn't matter. Thanks, bank robber. Denzel's <laughs> 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 like, thanks, bank robber. <laughs> That was incredible. <laughs> and also something I 100% would say in real life. It was like a bank robber is trying to give me like relationship advice. It's like, yeah, thanks, bank robber. Yeah, I'll take that into, into but consideration. Also telling you that, but also specifically telling you that money doesn't buy any everything <laughs> while they're while they're inside a bank <laughs> trying to rob it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> the irony i mean no dude that was yeah this movie was so it was so fun oh what was the other thing i was gonna say um the the one thing that did kind of suck about this movie though was <laughs> was denzel's <laughs> uh partner uh because like she didn't really have much of a character and then like at the end she's just like 
waiting for him like in the bed like with laundry and it's like yeah where are those handcuffs and i was like okay why does he live in the set of a mo better blues (laughs) 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 why why does it just go back to the 80s well that's the thing the one that's the one thing that it that it has going for it because it is just problematic to think about like the, the the rendering of this character but the only thing it has going for it is that it is almost like it's homage. like every time we see her jazz music is playing underneath you know and it's right. like it's homage to that like you know he's the grizzled cop and she's that's his dime piece waiting for him at home <laughs> but you know what i mean like it's just exactly yeah yeah that was a bit weird um i i but that was that wasn't in it enough for it to sour any yeah. of the experience of watching this. And it, this yeah. is like a, it's a two and a half hour movie too. Like this isn't you know a short walk in the park. This is you, you have to invest some time. And I remember like finishing it. I was like, damn, like this is really good. <laughs> like I kind of want to watch it again. But yeah, this is such a great movie to see in movie in the movie theaters. And like it it was just it was just an awesome blockbuster. And it was rated R, so like they. You know, he made a lot of money for an R-rated film, which, you know, yeah. uh, not that the box R- office means anything anymore, but <laughs> it was back in the day when there was a box office. <laughs> it was hard. It was hard. Too. Oh, and we didn't talk about this, too. The, 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 speaking of it being rated R is what made me think of this and him having the budget that he had, right? The movie is kind of, it's it, it moves slow and there's, you know, there's this big sort of mystery element to it. But then they just do this, this like insanely uh, high octane like imagination, uh, 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 oh, you know, right. reenactments of like what would happen <laughs> if uh, they if they do a breach, and we just see like <laughs> people getting mowed shit. down by machine guns, blood everywhere. Like it's I so love it. crazy. Like it's and it's, it comes out of nowhere. We're we're a good hour forty maybe into the into the movie, and they're just like, all right. Here's They're 10 like, minutes of <laughs> Here's what you want to see. Yeah. Here's Here's that like, you know, people are like, "Well, I'm seeing a bank robbing movie. I want to see people get blown away." It's like, <laughs> "We'll do that. You could put it in the trailer. It's not this movie." <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not a part of the story. And then at the end they, they cut that. to uh they cut back to Will the phone his squad and they're like one dude's like, we should probably just use rubber bullets since we don't know who's who. He's like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> it's like, but "Okay. They, not all, only do they say we that yeah, we're going to say the same thing, that they should dress up as painters themselves. <laughs> it was like, so you want everyone to get a shot? <laughs> well, the thing I was going to say was he was like... Niggas get shot every day, B. <laughs> we, should, we should use rubber bullets and knock them out. Yeah, do headshots. <laughs> so you have to do headshots. That could yeah, cause brain damage to some people. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. People, rubber bullets can do serious damage and people like lose eyes because they get hit with a rubber bullet. Like, so if you're aiming for the head, you're 100% going to knock out someone's eye. Yeah, have y'all ever been shot in the head with a paintball? That's just not fun. That's no. not a paintball. <laughs> that sounds awful. I yeah, yeah I can't even Florida, I don't even bro. want to imagine it. Don't go to Florida, man. There's a paintball range I went to, a family friend took me, and he was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to start off in this place called Iraq." And I was like, "Why is it called Iraq?" It's just a bunch of brick walls, and then it's really tight corners, and motherfuckers just mow you down with paintball. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, it seems like everybody get. I mean, like Clive Owen gets away. There was that moment when they they come back and they're like, "Oh, the cops are coming inside," 
Clive Owen's character so confident that his plan will work that he literally not only walks past them out the door, but bumps into him to give him a diamond. That's like... And talks. Dude. And says, and says excuse me, too. Like So it's like, he's yeah. got a distinctive voice, right? So right. I think yeah. so. That was very risky. Very risky. Did it anyway. Someone, after, after I'd seen this... Um, was like walking through like I can't I don't remember who it was a friend of mine at the time was like walking through like the the little hints we got to what was going to be going on with Clive Owen and one of the very obvious ones is after they dig the hole the dude who they who they dragged out and, and punched is like that's one hell of a shitter and like it just that just was his where he has been going to the bathroom like right. in that mm-hmm. in that hole and like I fully didn't clock it like like even when he said that i was still thinking like i guess that's the tunnel they're digging to get out like <laughs> it was still james <laughs> not gonna lie didn't clock it after watching it twice until you just said it right now <laughs> i literally was like oh i thought that i was like oh yeah i forgot that they dug a hole in the ground i thought yeah. that was something else <laughs> yeah I mean, and and they even say there are no tunnels to get out, but we saw them digging a tunnel the whole movie. Like, right? <laughs> what what's going to happen though when that bank eventually discovers this fake wall behind like the the maintenance room, and then a, a hole full of shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's going to be so confusing. Just well, they'll probably it. be like, "What is that smell?" And they'll think it's a dead rat, and like mm. of, of like some. But honestly, it would take them so long. Yeah. I loved that when they came into that room with those Dell boxes. <laughs> Clive Owen was like, beautiful. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, to be able to do all that, like, I mean, yeah, they definitely had to have someone who worked at the bank because there's no way you could just yeah. like assume that the yeah, stuff would be available, you know? And that's what, what's so brilliant about the plan. Yeah. Like, yeah. Such a good movie. I mean, is there anything left to say? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I the one other thing I just want to say about the pacing that I loved was that like so much of the beginning was just like, eh, we'll uh, call them later. Like <laughs> so much of the, so yeah. much of the beginning was just like casually. Now let's like, go eat at a diner. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that, and you said how 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 well it captured New York. Like the scene where Christopher Plummer and and Jodie Foster are like walking along the the river. Like all of that is so. It it made me miss New York, you know, and the, Dude, the acting was so strong. Come on back to New York. Though. I know I should. <laughs> but I, I mean, but in so many of the actors I noticed from like theater, like it was just like, man, I I'm this whole thing is really making me nostalgic. Yeah, I, I just love the dialogue. I mean, like when Clive Owen and Denzel are going head to head and Clive Owen's like confidently, you know, like in a, in a week or so, I'm going to be on a beach sipping on a pina colada. He's like, no, you're going to be in jail with Jesus and Jamal. And I think you're <laughs> sucking on this. That'll be the colada. So good. That line. Incredible. It's so funny. I'm like, oh, this has got a good balance of humor, suspense, action to a certain extent. I was like, this- it's also one of those movies that I like watching. I'm like, this is why I want to be in movies. Like, yeah. like, it just feels so cool. Even, even to, even just them 
walking down to the diner and then Denzel being like, get that for me, boss. And like, they like lift up the police tape and they're just like walking like under the police tape. Just that shot alone. I was like, this is so cool. Everybody in this movie is cool. Like, this is awesome. Like, wow, it would be so cool to like, just be one of those people who are just like, I'm not taking off my clothes, you know, like, yeah. I, like just all of it. Just... Just everything about it is so awesome. Could you imagine just getting to do, do a scene with Denzel and he's interrogating you? <laughs> I love the interrogations. Them just being like, "You didn't rob this. You didn't rob it, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> you sure? All right. No, you can't. No, you could leave. I'm just kidding. No, you have to stay. No, yeah, you can go. You can go. Okay. Uh, I read that they, those interrogation scenes were kind of mostly improv, which makes a lot of sense. That's why it felt like really natural. Um, yeah. I think the way that Spike, you know, had the sepia tone with those scenes too, this movie is so brilliant in the way that Spike Lee did it because it's not like the usual like insane over the head, like I'm gonna beat you with the theme, Spike Lee. It's like you just see certain like artistic choices that you're like, that's Spike Lee. And that's yeah. like why I appreciate I him agree. so much. It's like he has such a distinct style. You can always be like, this is a Spike Lee movie. Yeah, and very few directors have that kind of flavor to the films that they make. Yeah, this is yeah, this movie really holds up. It's really fun. Uh, I don't even know. What would Jurassic say to Hollywood? What would what, 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 we... Oh. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like... I feel like there aren't enough movies like this. He would say nope. some something like yeah. that, you know? Like, I mean, yeah, even though we didn't talk about this either, like... the Seek, the, 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 the scene where the, the, the guy... Yeah. Um, uh, is 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 pushed out and they like take off his turban and like yeah. he's so adamant about getting his turban. But like, I... Yeah. I Especially, this was 2006, and you know, and we get we we yeah. we, we get that shot of of Denzel, and I think it's Jodie Foster in that scene in front of the 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 mural that yep. says "Never Forget" and everything. Like there was a lot of, that was in the air, and obviously for uh, someone like that character uh, who was a Sikh and uh, you know is dealing with all kinds. <laughs> all kinds of of oppression from all different sides right. like even just the fact that they um uh put that in and like and 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 had us like sit with it for for the amount of time that we did you know was like really great you know and so like i just think that like Gerard would probably say you know there needs to be more movies about taking down Nazis and talking about <laughs> oppression and 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 people where a, a black cop is just a black cop and he's good at what he does and people are shitting on him and but he knows that he's better than that. Something like that, probably. Ah, I liked what you did there, James. That was very nice. There's Thank uh, you. definitely some collateral beauty in that. Wow. I, I don't know if I should call this a win or <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I, I took it back. <laughs> I do the transition. I claim it. I do. Can't call. Ain't got no. Oh wait. What am I doing? Um <laughs> I just, you know, Brandon, what do you think about Collateral Beauty? Have you seen that movie? Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so my co-host from Media Popcorn and I actually saw an opening weekend. Stop. Because a film critic or a film critic fan of ours is like guys, I saw an advanced screening. I need you to see this and do a review ASAP. So we went to the uh, Magic uh, Magic Johnson Harlem Theater <laughs> oh, no. and we watched the, like a matinee show and we wanted to, we were like honestly <laughs> thinking about like stabbing ourselves afterwards. Like, this is so bad. And the, the plot twist was so insane. I would have loved to have seen Collateral Beauty in a movie theater 
with a black crowd. I would have loved to have <laughs> seen that. Yeah. It's one of the most bizarre because it has, you know, it wasn't that Edward Norton, Will Smith, Kate Winslet, a great cast. And then yeah. you have these imagine like these these weird people that they try to make Will Smith think that he made up, but they're actually real acts. It was But then also <laughs> maybe they are angels. <laughs> they, they do that weird thing where they're like, but also, but maybe they're <laughs> There's a reveal that they're not angels. And then there's one more that's like, but maybe they are. (laughs) And you're like, what? And then you're like, wait, so Kate Winslet just went to the Bronx to give this little black kid money who may not exist? (laughs) What happened in this movie? It was. The movie is bizarre. Okay, it's time for the cause. We rate review films not based on how much we like them, but whether or not they help the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. Okay. So if the film fully helps the cause, we give it a black fist. If it only somewhat helps the cause, we give it a white palm. If the movie doesn't help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. Okay. So on the count of three, I'm going to give our ratings for the cause. Here we go. One, two, three. Pow! There it is! Three black fists! Uh, yep. Three black fists! Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie helps Spike. Denzel was already popping, but this movie held Chiwetel. I mean, my man got an Oscar nomination, not, what, I guess it was six years, years after this, but. <laughs> but that's quick. Hey, man, he worked his way up. <laughs> How many black people have Oscar nominations? Yeah, six years best after a movie? Okay. Yeah. Come on now. Without Inside Man, we don't get Widows. Without right? Inside yeah. Man, we don't get uh, Training Day, even though it came out. Uh, <laughs> way before it <laughs> came out before <laughs> this movie but that's the thing about Denzel had his, his career planned out so much he knew I'm gonna do training because I got inside man coming in five years <laughs> see I told y'all stay woke y'all you gotta <laughs> yeah maybe without this we don't get black Klansmen I don't know I, I, we definitely maybe they don't, don't give you know it's a house yeah. of cards it's a nice delicate house Washington. of cards one yep. thing leads to there the next go. leads to the next Brandon, thanks so much for joining us Thank today. Thank you for having me, guys. This is uh, yeah, brother. a lot of fun. This was so much fun. Um, where can people find you online? Anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, uh, folks, y'all can find me at American Collins on all social media platforms. My website is AmericanCollins.com. You can follow my show, Medium Popcorn, on all uh, podcast players, or go to MediumPopcorn.com. And then uh, Drum Black History. If you were in the New York area, actually, if you're anywhere, uh, we have drumblackhistory.com. We're celebrating Juneteenth on Saturday, June 19th at 9 p.m. Eastern at daylight time. You can get t- tickets to join us in person or you can join the live stream. It's going to be dope. Have an incredible lineup. We got the Lucas Brothers, Oscar nominees for oh, Juneteenth. Uh, we got uh, Marie Faustine, who's been on MTV. It's going to be amazing. So, yeah, uh, thanks again for having me, guys. Amazing. That's so dope. Hustle just to see people in real life again is. <laughs> It's going to be weird, man. It's, it's going to be really weird, but I'm, I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. Um, if you, you can follow us at Blackman Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, blackmanpodcast.com is our website. We got links to merchandise, uh, also a defunct Patreon. We don't have new episodes, but there's a year's worth of episodes on there. So if you haven't done it, you know, check that out. Uh, if you rate and review us five stars on iTunes, we'll read your review on the air. This is by Comp My Drink. Just a Sunset Park, 1996 film with Terrence Howard and Freddie Starr. All right. They didn't say anything about it, but I'm assuming they want us to review that movie, and I respect it. That movie uh, is wild. Y'all haven't done that yet? We haven't done that yet. No. Nope. That's going to... I would love to hear that episode. <laughs> um, 
yeah, you can follow me at John Braylock. You can follow Jara at Jara Milligan. And I know James is James Third Comedy. Third is three R D. There he is. <laughs> Third <laughs> is three R D. Okay, you don't need to repeat it. Just so uh, that people know. Yeah, we understand. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Produced by Melissa D. Bonts. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Forever!